Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so I'm trying this new thing where (laughs) instead of like picking up new things for a hobby that I just get like on a TikTok rabbit hole about over one weekend and start. I'm scheduling my future hobbies to like match up with when I'm going to have a little bit more time and space or like seasonally does it make more sense. And I'm like deliberately not buying anything or like researching too much more into that hobby until it's that time so that I can also make sure that like I do want to try this hobby and it's not just like one of those like dopamine chasers. So. I have my fall hobby picked out Oh, (laughs) and I've known what it's going to be for like three months and I still want to do it and I still haven't bought anything for it. And so I'm like pretty proud of myself this fall. I want to try to make some of my own candles. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like you'll actually follow through on that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm like, oh God, what does she have? What does she have? (laughs) (laughs) No. So I think my current, my current shtick with crafts that I've just learned about myself is that I have to do things that I can do in a weekend or do in a day. Like if, if something new extends beyond that, like the fail potential is just mm. too great. Mm-hmm. And so the the whole goal for me needs to be to feel creative, not necessarily to like want to keep the thing, which that's what I used to try to do with all my hobbies was like, I'm going to make this blanket and then we're going to use it on our bed. And it's going <laughs> to be like, like that's way too much pressure or like, I want to paint this and it's going to be like the main piece in our living room. Mm-hmm. Like not that I can't do those things. And there's some, there's some skills I feel like I have enough skill in that I'm confident that it would work out. But I've tried at least recently to make the hobby quote unquote hobbies, things that like, if I literally throw it away, that's an okay outcome for this mm-hmm. because the goal should be enjoying the process, not the outcome. Yep. But 
as of late, I've been trying to focus mostly on new dishes, trying new to cook new things. Oh, I was like, you're buying new dishes? <laughs> well, actually, I might be. I have a little side story. Did you see my? I whole- saw that. My <laughs> one of my dishes is very radioactive. Maybe that's what's causing your allergies. I don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't eaten off this dish in a very long time. However, I am concerned about the amount of things I've gotten out for a party that I'm like, am I poisoning my friends and family when we have soup or when we have whatever? Um, So that's a side note for another day. But apparently, if your dishes are older than 1972, you should probably get a Geiger meter and just check to make sure you're not giving your friends and family radiation. Oh, fun times. Fun times. I don't think I have old dishes. Well, I have some milk glass, but I don't use them to serve anything in. They do say you can display things and it's okay, Mm -hmm. but I'm enough disturbed by like literally on the Geiger meter, it says if it's above this ranking, like you should like report it to the government. Like it's Oh my Lanta. (laughs) Like it's like it's it's literally yours was above that? Like three times that level. Are you going to report it to the government? <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't even want to throw it away because I'm like, I don't want it to be in the landfill and then have water right. leaching in it. So I'm like, I don't know how to get rid of, I'm going to have to do some research on how to get rid of yeah. radioactive materials. Bury it. But that's part of the problem is it ends up in the water. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing about that, but I do hmm. have other things that I want to test now that I know what I know. Yeah. Because I do think they are likely in our house. Yeah. And I saw some of the comments on there of people who were like, oh, like I thrift dishes all the time or I buy these things. There's something in me. I cannot buy a thrifted dish that if I buy it, it's because it's visually pretty and you can display it. But like, I am never putting my lips or mouth or food anywhere near something where I don't know where that thing came from. And it weirds me out. Mm -hmm. I can see that. People who buy like pillows or blankets, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, I wouldn't buy a blanket. Oh, that like, this is a total, total tangent off of our tangent, but... This girl I know, she bought something new, but she bought it on Amazon and she didn't read the ratings first and it was a mattress pad and sh- her whole apartment got fleece. No, no, no. But it was no. brand new. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then she showed the scars on her legs <laughs> from them biting her before she could figure out what was happening. No. Yes. Anyway. Burn it down. You no longer live there. <laughs> so. No one lives there. But the, the two tangents ago about the hobbies thing, I was I was <laughs> saying that one of my things that has been helpful is I like to cook and I like to bake, but my version of like trying new things is I just try to try new dishes or try new, like to bake new recipes or cook new recipes that are going to be semi-challenging. So I try to make one a week that is like challenging and new. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> did you ever make that banana bread recipe I sent you? Yeah, of course I did. Was it delicious? It was delicious. I will say, I don't think I'll ever make banana bread in a bread maker again. It has some like mixing issues. And so I had like spots where it was like. You have to like get in there after the first mix. Oh, well, it didn't. 
they, uh, yeah. Oh, it's fine. I know for next time, but I will probably always make if I'm going to make and I did after I made that recipe, I made the one I'm used to mm-hmm. from scratch and like just baked it myself. And I was like, eh, this is easy enough. Like, cause you're not the big thing for the bread maker is I want to avoid babysitting rise times. And then like, mm-hmm. so I'll probably only just make dough that has yeast where you have to like babysit it. Yeah. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That one I, I just scraped on the sides and scraped the bottom after the first mix and I've made it twice now and it's turned out delicious. Good. So highly recommend. Okay. You ready to talk about how everything with clients feels like it's changing, even though it's all the same. Everything's the same, guys. Quit panicking. The amount of times, like, I feel like it's been a broken record recently. Mm-hmm. Last three to six months, we have not just clients in our community, but I'm also seeing posts on social where people are like, I just need more leads. I need more people to be interested in what I'm offering. And I'm like, dang, ain't that true? It's always going to be true, mm-hmm. but there is some market shifts that we need to be mindful of, but it's not necessarily changing how you have to acquire clients. So we need to talk about that. Yep. Well, and I think the big thing I want us all to pay attention to are two elements. One, marketing is cyclical. You're going to have something that works now and then it's not going to work. And then six months, a year, six years, three years, every number in between, that thing's going to come right back around again. There are also things that are a common thread forever and always, no matter what marketing channel is popular at the time, that is going to help sustain those channels, right? Spoiler alert, it's relationships. We can talk about it. Then there's going to be things that are hot spots. These are like the viral effects of this is working right now marketing. And I don't mean right now. I mean, Instagram has worked and taken over for the past like seven to 10 years. It's drastically changing right now. That worked for a really long time. And you can use those blips in your favor if you want to. But what you shouldn't do, what people have realized they shouldn't do is build an entire business that relies on blips. You don't build a business that relies on blips, no matter what the blip is. It's typically going to be around marketing and or social media or whatever the term of like, maybe even 10, 15 years from now, it'll be the like hieroglyph media. And it's like when people beam themselves into your office or what the fuck ever. But if it's blippy, If it's not like a common thread that works because humans are humans, then don't build your business off of that. But there are ways that like marketing is coming back to its roots a little bit. It's shedding some things that aren't working now that used to work and other things are kind of like coming back up from the ground. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So let's talk about at the root of all the common thread. (laughs) the root of all client acquisition, regardless of what kind of industry you're in, what you're selling, ultimately, you have to build a relationship and build a relationship of trust with these people. Because you've heard people talk about a million times, but people buy from other people that they know, like, and trust. There's exceptions to the rules when you get into like the commodity market, like, no one's really worried about where they're buying toilet paper from, they just know they need to wipe their ass. So there are things that they will go out and just buy conveniently. 
but that's not what we're talking about here. Most of you are not Mm-mm. offering convenience items. You're not offering common commodities. The majority of you are offering services and services are purchased at the root of it by other people looking to have a relationship with specifically you. Right. Well, and I know you highlighted specifically, you need to have relationships with the people who you want to work with. And I would say you need to have relationships with everybody because the key that's different right now is that in the past, building a relationship and actual connection with the people you were serving was enough to help you stand out as a person, as a real human in a crowded social media market, right? If you're on Instagram and you got popular from there and people are following you or whatever, you having a personality and building a relationship or a connection with the people you wanted to serve is the thing that got them to book with you. The way that it's the same but different now is that we're needing to build relationships with other people, even if they're just connectors. And I would say that I need you to begin to value those relationships as your number one priority in the same sense that you used to value having a social media presence or an online presence or whatever that might look like. This is shifting from the masses to less masses, but in circles of connectors of networking, not just events, but like literally getting yourself known to another human who can introduce you to more humans. I think a good example of this to make it feel a bit more tangible for those of you who are like, what do you mean by connector? Like think about social media in the early days and you're like, ooh, I want to message my friend so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so because I think they might share me on their social and I'll get more followers if I do that. The the same thought is true with what is called like Instagram pods. Well, not just Instagram pods, but just literally just other people in your same niche, like or people in related industries where you might share similar perspective buyers. But the same is true in this space, but we're not necessarily talking about getting shared publicly. A lot of the things we're talking about are behind the scenes. It's 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 like calling up your friend Meg and saying, hey, I'm doing more of X and I know you work with clients like Y. I was wondering if you could introduce me to people like Z. And then you're you're creating this very intimate, specific request And the goal would be to get in front of more people, but you have to have those relationships existing. Like it's sort of like the same theory with building wealth or retirement. They're like, when's the best time to say, well, yesterday, when's the best time to plant a tree last year? Exactly. And so the thought would be with these relationships, Ideally, there are things that you're not just starting now. These these should be ideally things that have existed a long time and the fruit of them can come up when you are in a drought, so to speak, with landing clients in other ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the second thing I want to talk about is one of the things that you have taught me how to do so well, and I've integrated it into even my personal life or everyday life or different aspects where I wanted to be seen, heard, and see progress made in some way, shape, or form. And it's learning how to be a helpful and effective squeaky wheel. (laughs) The squeaky wheel gets the cheese. If you haven't heard that, right? It's like a little mouse in the corner that's like, me, 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 me. 
me. And you pay attention to it because it's raising its hand. It's making itself known. I think there is a there are nuances to how I go about being this person. There are ways where you can definitely turn people off. Sure. But there are ways where I think that it's yet another way for you to add in your layer of personality and like genuineness in caring about another person first and foremost, and then trying to get what you want out of that interaction. Yeah, I think it's easy to get in your own head when you want to expand, whether things are going really well right now, and you just want more of that, or if things are going meh, and you you need help, I think it's easy to, on the squeaky wheel front, to just feel awkward about bringing stuff up because either A, you're in a funk because it's not going as well as you would like, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, you start to feel braggy about, mm-hmm. well, things are already going well, so why do I want to keep bringing myself up? And the fact of the matter is other companies are doing this constantly And y'all are immune to it. And the moment it's you talking, you feel like you're going against the grain when really you're just trying to stand out in a very loud and crowded room. Mm -hmm. Example, Target. How many times a week do you get an email from Target? How many times a week do you get a push notification because you have the app on your phone? A lot because I have 911 unread text messages right now and they're mostly because of texts like from people like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, it's they're hitting you up with text, they're hitting you up with notifications, they're hitting you up with email. And I guarantee you you're not sitting here like, dang Target, you're so annoying. I'm never gonna shop at Target again. You're like, ooh, I totally forgot there was gonna be a sale this week. I'm going to the thing. In the same way It's easy to be literally forgotten if you don't keep speaking up. Yep. And so you have to use your voice. But it's not even, I'm talking about the squeaky wheel that's not the like, you should email your people and tell them and you should post here and tell them. That's marketing. You do that if you want to. I'm talking squeaky wheel in the sense of, this client hasn't responded. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to send them Starbucks coffee and I'm going to ask them about this thing. And I'm going to find a way to like insert myself into their thought process so that they remember me and they say something. I'm going to like, when I run into this person, I'm going to bring up like in front of their face, this need that I have, because that enables me to like build that no like, and trust faster or get a response faster. I'm going to be the person that's going to like keep reminding about whatever, right? And it's, it, there's, again, there's an art to it, right? Of doing it in a way where you're like, is this annoying? Maybe. (laughs) But I think there's, so to give you an example in a personal way, not just with business, because I want you to start doing this in all aspects of your life. You might not still get the outcome that you want, right? But this is what, this is my actual point. Building relationships, regardless of the outcome given, is the point. And if we look at every single situation as how I can foster a connection, a relationship, even if we don't know how this person may or may not help us in our future or how we might be able to show up and help this person in their future, you don't have to know the answer to that. But there's a situation right now where Penny's school like is kind of up in the air. And I got connected. Well, first of all, We did what we needed to do in order to make a change happen. And I could have stopped there. 
But instead, I started my squeaky wheelness and I emailed three people within the district who I needed them to know who I was so I could try to build a relationship. One person out of those three emailed me back, connected me with the person who's literally in charge of doing the thing that I need done. So now I'm chatting with her. She loves me, guys. She's obsessed with me because I email her kind things. I don't immediately just go into like, here's what I want. And like, this is when I need to hear it by. I like treat her like another human because we're humans here having a conversation, going through things together. Right. And I've heard back once and there's like three opportunities to get the thing that I want. And the first opportunity did not go through, but I'm checking in on the other two opportunities. And again, the point after all of this isn't, well, I built all of this connection with her and I took this time and she likes me now. And why didn't she give me the thing that I want? I don't know if freaking four, five, six, ten 10 years into my kiddo's journey at school, I might need to rely on that person for something entirely different. And this relationship that we built now, I'm going to call on. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. You want to hear a weepy example <laughs> this? Okay. I literally, I cried when I heard this. Okay. So, but it's just an, uh, it's just an example of like good karma rubs off this woman. Her son went missing and her son went missing and she was obviously panicked, got the authorities involved and the authorities were looking everywhere for her child. And there was this dog that was on duty who had been trained for search and rescue. And he got the, you know, got to smell the things, all the stuff. He ultimately, the dog found the child. He was in critical condition, needed to go to the hospital, the whole nine. Come to find out this woman had literally unknowingly taken care of this exact dog at the shelter that she was working at when he was a puppy and had worked alongside of him to prep him to go to training. And then later on, this dog saved her kid's life. I know that's like a very like intense example. But that's what I mean. That's literally exactly what I mean. When you're working on a relationship so intently where you have no goal, like this dog is literally going to go away. (laughs) And you don't necessarily know where it's going or what it's going to do or whatever. But there's just something about putting goodness into the world without expectation that it will come back to you. And it's not always in the same way you anticipate. And the reason why I harp on it so much is that I truly think the lens that we've been given over the last few years, build relationship with potential clients, do that, do that. And I love that. And it's not enough. And it's honestly not where clients start. You have to, in some ways, be willing to build a relationship that's just genuine. And then if they happen to be a good fit, awesome. But like, you can't keep always building relationships with the goal of turning it into something. It's just, no, the, it just doesn't work. I'll fill you guys in, in like seven years when this connection with this admin turns into something incredible and be like, see, I told you so. I told you so. Okay, so let's talk more about this client acquisition journey. One of the things that I think prevents people from buying, prevents people from being acquired, so to speak, is that you don't really know what you're selling or what it does for your end client. And what would happen if we got really clear on the results you're providing and the solution you are selling to your end client. Yeah. I think that in as marketing shifts, the way that we talk about our offer and our services and results shift as well. And I think that coming from the space where like online 
selling has been so prominent and I'm not saying it's going away, LOL, but relationship in-person selling is also picking up a lot for service-based business owners in person, as in like it can happen over zoom. Like it doesn't have to be in like a brick and mortar situation, but the way that you talk about what you provide a client face-to-face in a conversation is different than how you paint what the transformation could be on a sales page or social media or whatever. And I think the the literal messaging and tone and how quick we get to talking about the like, here's what we do. Here's what's going to change. Here's why that's important. It's just shifting a little bit. And a lot of this just comes down to messaging tone copy. It's coming from the like, paint the beautiful picture, hypothetical, what life could be like to like, here's directly what's going to change based on what I can provide. And so if you don't know the actual results that you provide specifically, I want you to really practice honing into that and saying it out loud because typing it in an Instagram caption is one thing. Giving it as like an elevator pitch to a human being is entirely different. It is different, but I I think if you can get not just clear, but willing to explore different ways to even talk about it, because I think think sometimes you showing a case study on your website could be the right thing, but you might also need to be able to tell it as a story, as an interview somewhere. You might also need to be able to write it down as bullet points. So someone who's skimming something could, could see it and understand what you're talking about. You might also like in the broken record squeaky wheel kind of way, you might also need to know how to like casually side mention it over Mm -hmm. drinks at a social event. Like we can't get so hung up that it's like one sexy sentence that goes on one page. You have to be able to talk about what you do in a thousand and one different scenarios and make it appropriate for the scenario that you're in. Mm -hmm. And that is a skill that has to be practiced. Yep. Yep. You might be great at writing it down, but if writing it down is not what's going to serve you in the moment, then it's not helpful. Yep. Okay. So the next point that I added on here and I want to explain is get non-conventional in the way of how you talk about your offer, how you talk about your results and who you're talking to. I think it kind of ties into the point that you added to, so we can kind of lump these together. I think now more than ever, and I say this with like the biggest fucking caveat ever, One, there are requirements in the market that we are in right now that are going to have you adjust who you're talking to, how you're talking to them, and what you're offering. And this cannot be taken in as an excuse to offer everything under the sun to everyone under the sun. There's a balance to those things. However, right now, and we're seeing this even true within Boss Project here, we can still provide the same outcome. The outcome hasn't changed of what we want every service-based business owner who's in alignment with our values, who has the goals that we want to work with. We can have the same outcome for them in a lot of different ways. And it is our job in this climate to present those ways that make the most sense for that person in that time. Well, tangible example, you may have an offer that you've been running for a while and you know it is worth XYZ. You've sold it before at that price point, all of the things. 
But you may be in a situation where someone cannot afford the full thing. And there are plenty of times where I've seen people, (laughs) they say like, sell ice to an Eskimo. Well, Eskimos don't fucking need ice. (laughs) Okay. So what you need to do is sell a snowblower to an Eskimo or a space heater to an Eskimo. Like what is something they actually fucking need? And so the thing that you can get caught up in here is you could be so stuck in your ways about what you offer or how you get there that you're not willing to like bend to the situation that you happen to be in. And I'm not saying you need to like customize literally everything you do because that is exhausting and a really easy way to burn yourself out. But there are situations where you could be like, okay, I can't, they can't do the whole thing. But how can I allow them to start? What if I break off a piece of the puzzle here and charge an amount that makes sense for both of us? Because guess fucking what? You can flip that exactly on its head and be non-conventional and say, okay, well, in order to make up the difference of bending for these ideal dreamy clients that I'm used to working with, what does the CEO of that company need of the results that I provide? How can a package be tailored to a completely different audience in order to diversify the how we're literally making money, solving the same outcome to a different person. You have to be thinking outside the box. Yep. Get non-conventional. Get non- <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay. So this is also just like a skill that has to be practiced. But when we're talking about the results you're providing and be willing to like figure out what makes sense in the situation you're in, one of the best things you can be doing is asking questions of the person you're ultimately selling to. Because while you may have a clear result, while you may have a clear problem and solution, if you can hear exactly how this one individual I'm not talking about the whole world. I'm not talking about like surveying people and then having it be on a sales page. You can do that, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about this winning one sale. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to listen to this one person and listen to how they are talking about their problem, then you can custom tailor your solution, which is not changing by the way necessarily. Like we did talk about breaking off piece. In this situation, you're selling the exact same thing, but you're telling how you Mm -hmm. say you're solving the problem to better match the words they're using. And this is where understanding, it's not just like body language, but like utilizing exact words and phrases to mimic in a non-weird way. Yeah. It's me. It's mirroring. The mirroring. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mirroring. Here's what's so fucking funny too. Y'all, this is what we literally taught in our very first course called pricing for profit. That was later rebranded as the money-making creative, which is what you might be more familiar with it as it's buying and selling psychology and how to present your offer as the seller psychologically to benefit the buyer and understanding the different reasons why people buy and how people can sell. Again, it's cyclical. The way that we literally started our company talking about selling and creating an offer is what's needed to be relying on now. Why? Because it's a common thread in selling and marketing in general, just like relationships that isn't going away. It's just how does it show itself in the climate right now that we need to pay attention to? Yes. 
Okay. So one of the tangible things that I'm seeing, and I just want to like have it on record that I called this. So this is the only reason why it's on this list. Again, marketing is cyclical. It all comes back. You're going to have something now that doesn't work. And in 10 years, in some way, shape or form, it's going to come back again or three years or next quarter. Like it's all different, right? And there are seasons as people who are in business would be like, oh, Right now, that strategy just isn't working. Or right now, this is really working really well. And what I think is going to make a comeback with some edits, with a little bit of different behaviors, is email. (laughs) And I think for many, for the last like at least two years, people have been like, email is dead. And I'm saying this even knowing that our email growth rate is down, but I don't think the interaction and desire of what people actually want, even if they don't quite know it yet, is still there. And I say that because I've heard many colleagues, friends, peers in and out of the industry, when we're not even having a conversation about marketing, talk about their buying behavior or their interaction behavior with other brands and businesses, just in like regular conversation. And they're saying how they're taking social media breaks. So they're missing things that they're seeing online. But because they're very intentional and they care about and they have a relationship with that person about what that other person is putting out into the world, that they're intentionally checking what are they sharing in their inbox. And if it feels like that person is having a conversation with me, they're in. And so how we show up as a business owner in the inbox is changing. But I think the behaviors of people who subscribe to things is also changing. Now, my hypothesis to add on to this, because I I don't 100% agree. Like, I, I think we're in for a bit of an evolution, much like we went from email to social to SMS. Now, SMS is really saturated. I think people will have to come up with a new solution to, like, get in front of you where you're actually paying attention. But the, the trend I'm noticing that I think is related, but not exactly the same as what Emily is saying is people are choosing to pay attention to less people, period. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the way they're choosing to pay attention does still vary by individual, but it is more intentional than it's ever been before. It used to be that you might follow a hundred people or a thousand people or 2000 people. And you would just like consume, 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 consume. And now I think there's more consumption of entertainment than ever before. And the parts where people are like, oh, I want to check in on these individuals, that list gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then they will go intentionally to find, search and find the information they're looking for. So some people, yes, I'm sure are searching and finding it in the inbox. But some people are like, I don't care if Instagram doesn't show me what I'm looking for. I will look up these 10 people every single day and just see if they post it. But like that list is small. Tiny. Yeah. Like tiny. It's sort of like going back to the behavior of when blogs were early and you would like read someone's like daily blog, but it was very like only a few people that you really kept up with. I think the same theory is true, but how you're checking in on them is just, it's so dependent on how you personally like to consume content. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it'll be a trend that's changing. So I'll be interested to say, if you're looking for a, okay, well, that's a lot of great information. What should I be doing now? I think my biggest takeaway from all of this is 
focus less on talking to the masses and focus more on talking to literal individuals, developing individual relationships with people. With no intention intention. for every single one. That will be what changes the game for you and keeps you in business through what is likely going to be a tough season. Yeah. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.